This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Good morning, everybody. It's a great day when you get to bring a golf club to church, don't you think? Exactly. We're going to learn a lesson from that golf club in a few minutes. So uh, uh, I just want to send out a special welcome to all of you who are here for the first time. I'll just sort of throw it down the way God does, and that is following Christ is all about learning how to take hold of the life that he has for us. And we're going to learn this morning that a big and central part of that is love. And that's probably not a surprise to you. Usually when I say the word Jesus, people get the idea of love. The problem is when I say the word Christian, they don't always get that message. Got it? Yep. We could probably go home right now and you got the message right there. Because when when they hear the word Christian... They should hear the word love because we are a community of people who have been deeply touched by the love of God, right? It's a love of the one and only God who created the heavens and the earth for his children, and that's us. And because we've been deeply touched by that, we're going to learn this morning how we can take that love and pass it on to the people around us as we should be doing because that's what we've been called to do. So I want to welcome you aboard. For those of you who are here for the first time, my name is Ron. I'll be speaking to all of us for about the next 30 minutes. And this is going to be a great learning time. I'll be speaking to us out of the Bible, God's Word. And uh, so you, you'll be able to look up on the screens. We'll have the passages projected up on the screens. But this community of faith operates around the free flow of communication. I'll be speaking the truth to you, and we learn how to speak the truth to each other and One of the things that helps in that free flow of communication is this card. In fact, it's a central part of it. So let's all get out our Connect cards this morning. Those of you who are brand new um, and those of us who are regulars, if you're a regular and we already have all your contact info, then please just put your name in the contact info box so we'll know who the prayer requests and so forth are coming from and how we can partner with you in prayer. If you're here for the first time and we don't have your contact information, we can't really help you get connected to God unless you give us a way to connect with you. So I'd ask you to put as much information in that contact box as you're comfortable doing, and I'll just make you a promise that we will handle that very judiciously because what matters most to us is that you get connected with God. You can set that aside for a minute, and then you can pull out... This card, which has to do with, uh, it's actually not a card, it's a half sheet of notes, and it actually has to do with, with uh, fill in the blanks. Servolution is the name of our teaching uh, series, and it stands for a revolution of service. So we're, I'm going to talk to you this morning about service um, of an exceptional sort and where it comes from. Because it's not natural for any of us to serve and serve over an extended period of time. 
And yet that's the life that Christ calls us to. And furthermore, he says it's the best life possible for us. So how could something that is absolutely the best for me not be natural for me? It's because Christ wants to develop that in us. So we're going to take a good look at how that works. We're going to lay it straight out as, as the Bible does here in 1 Corinthians 13. Take a look at the video screens. The Bible says very clearly, if I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If you've ever heard someone play a gong or a cymbal at the wrong time in the wrong place, it just absolutely grates on your nerves. The other thing that you know is that there's no one who's, who's been hired to play a gong solo or a cymbal solo, correct? It only gets its meaning as it fits in well to what's going on around it. He goes on to say, And if I had the gift of prophecy and I understood all of God's secret plans and I possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be, what's the next word? Nothing. And he caps it off with a third one. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. You know, God jumps into geek speak. Okay? This is actually math. Didn't know there was math in the Bible, did you? Some of you go, great, you ruined the Bible now. No, this is math. All right, here we go. God says... We start out with skill, and then we match that with knowledge, and we put that together with sacrifice, and then we subtract love, and what do we end up with? Zero. That's the formula right there. Now, I want you to notice something. We start out with something that's valuable. Skill is a valuable thing, right? It's a desired thing. We all want it. We start out with a thing called knowledge. Knowledge is a valuable thing. It's, it's something that we all want. We start out with sacrifice. That's a very noble thing and something we all should do. So this is all good stuff, but if we subtract love from it, we make good stuff worth what? Nothing. Wow. But if we drop down to the end of this chapter, God gives us His conclusion. Take a look at it here in verse 13. God says, three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is what? Love. Therefore, He says, let love be your highest goal. You know what God's really saying? If you take this formula... And you change one simple thing in this formula. If you turn this minus sign into a plus sign, you lose the zero and you end up with a forever. That's pretty cool, don't you think? Yeah. Because you take these three things, which are all good and in and of themselves, and you add to them love, and now you have something that not only is good, it's enduring for how long? Forever. So this morning we're going to talk about how do we do that? How can we get that in our lives? But before we can do that, you have to know how you work. 
So we're going to take three simple parts of our body this morning. We're going to take our head, our hearts, and our hands. Okay? Everybody's got a head, everybody's got a heart, everybody's got hands. We're going to talk about what happens, how do we get those to work together so that we can serve well. Now, this is why I brought the golf club along, because I'm a golfer, and the game of golf revolves all around the swing of the golfer. Okay? In order for that swing to work well, it starts down with your feet, your feet, your knees, your hips, your torso, your shoulders, your arms, your wrists, your hands, and your head all have to work together. And when you get them in alignment, and you get them all firing at the right time, doing the right things, then you tend to have a swing that might look a little bit like this. Yes? And if you practice that swing long enough, you'll hit the ball high, long, far, straight. But if you get any part of that swing out of alignment, okay, there are times I have a good buddy, love him to death, but his swing looks like this. And he he swings, he swings like that. Now his feet are aimed this way, but he's trying to hit the ball that way. And sometimes he hits the ball this way, and sometimes he hits the ball that way. And sometimes he hits the ball this way. And you know, even the best of golfers, when your swing gets out of alignment, every course can be a challenge. But when you get your swing in alignment, it's a pretty simple game. What you think about life? When you get your head and your heart and your hands all working together seamlessly, Life is pretty simple. Service is pretty natural. It becomes exceptional. But when you have your head in one place and your heart in another, your hands don't know what to do. Everybody on board with that? Yeah. Because your head tells you what you ought to do and your heart tells you what you want to do And when what you ought to do is not what you want to do, you got problems. Okay? This guy, at the beginning, his head was telling him skill, knowledge, and sacrifice need to go this direction. But his heart didn't want to go there because there was no love in it. Correct? And in the end, what good came out of it? Nothing. But when our head... Our heart and our hands all work together. It's amazing. We're going to give four very quick principles. Take a look up here. The first one is this. Service is done with our hands. Okay? That's what we do. Not with our hearts. That's what we feel. Or with our head. That's what we think. So we're kidding ourselves. Yeah, have you heard the old thing? Have you ever heard any, anyone say, it's the thought that counts? That's rubbish. You know what I know? Whenever that's said, somebody didn't do what they were supposed to do. Right? That's an excuse for hands that haven't done what hands are supposed to do. Because service is not done with our head, what we think. It's not the thought that matters. 
Service isn't even done with our heart. Service is done with our hands. Number two, our hands don't serve until they're moved either by our head or by our heart. Your hands have no mind of their own. They have no will of their own. They have no thoughts or feelings of their own. And they simply do whatever the head or the heart tells them to do. Principle number three, our head is the only way to our heart. Have you ever figured out how stuff gets in your heart? It doesn't just automatically get there. Whatever you allow your head to think about and whatever you focus your thoughts on, your heart begins to store those thoughts and it begins to build emotions and feelings around those. Okay? That's why love songs talk about, I can't get you out of my, what? Head. What happens when you leave someone in your head long enough? You love them with all your... No one ever says, baby, I love you with all my head. (laughs) Right? No one ever says that. Because we understand that real love doesn't come from up here. Real love comes from here. But the only way it gets down here is when you can't get that person out of here. Talking really practical stuff. The only way stuff gets in your heart is through your head. Is what you have to understand. Principle number four, it's our heart that moves our hands, not our head really. Your head can get your hands to do things only for a short period of time and usually not very well. Because when you serve and you serve only out of obligation or only out of duty, the service that you give, the quality of the service you give will not be high and it will not be enduring until the service that you give begins to come from your heart. Because it's the heart that really moves the hands. Here's how Jesus said it. Take a look here in Matthew chapter 12. Jesus said, a good person produces good things. By the way, Underline produces good things. That's service, correct? A good person produces good things from the treasury. Circle the word treasury and and draw a line over to the margin and and write stored thoughts. A treasury, and, and that's a really good word because the word used in the original language there literally means something stored. Okay? Out of the treasury of a good heart. That's the center of our feelings. Whereas an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. Now, it's really easy to look at that verse and go, I'm good. Because I'm not evil. There's only two sides to that coin, so I must be on the good side. Okay, I want to give you a little different verbiage. Because what Jesus is saying is that a good person produces good things... Out of the treasury of a good. That means unselfish heart. <laughs> that narrows the scope down just a bit, doesn't it? And an evil person, that's a selfish person, produces evil things, that's selfish deeds, out of what? The treasury of a selfish heart. And that's where we get challenged. Because it's easy for us to think of ourselves as good and yet a little bit selfish too. And that's okay. No, that's not okay. Unselfish. So how does all this work? I want to tell you two things about your heart that I find absolutely outstanding. 
See, the Bible says in the very beginning that you and I were created in God's image. That means you and I have capacities and abilities that no other creatures on the face of the planet have. And one of those capacities is the capacity for compassion. We'll talk with you what compassion means. Compassion is a compound word that sort of has a Latin derivative. And and the the C-O-M on the beginning of it literally means with or together. It's the beginning of words like committee, something we do together, or community, uh, something we are all together. It means with or together. And the word passion, this is what you have to get. The word passion means a powerful or compelling feeling or emotion. The idea of compelling, oftentimes we experience a powerful feeling, but compelling means I'm compelled to do something about it. Until I am moved to do something about it, it's not compelling. So God's given our human heart this ability to sense, feel, and experience real compassion. I want to tell you the difference between pity and compassion. Because I suspect that most of us feel pity far more often than we feel compassion. Pity is the feeling that you and I have for someone. Compassion is the feeling that you and I have with someone. See, I can pity from a distance, but can't have compassion from a distance. Because compassion compels me to be drawn into the scene and not remain out of the scene. Some of you will recall the story of the Good Samaritan. Everybody's heard of the Good Samaritan. But there was a guy who was beaten and robbed and left half dead and laying on the side of the road. And there were three guys who came by. Okay, a priest and Levite and so forth. The priest and the Levite came by. And the Bible says they passed by on the other side of the road. Do you see distance in there? Yeah. Do you think they felt sorry for that guy? Oh yeah, I'm sure they did. He was half dead. He was dying. But because they felt pity, they didn't allow themselves to be drawn into the story. They didn't allow themselves to be drawn in to do anything about it. They didn't have compassion. Because for whatever reason, they had shut their heart to that man. But a, but a Samaritan came by and he saw that guy And he was drawn to him. You understand the difference? And because he was drawn to him, he went to him. And he knelt down beside him. And he saw he was badly wounded. And he poured in wine and oil, which was all he had for medicine there, into his wounds. And he gently picked him up. He put him on his donkey. And then he gently walked him to the nearest place where he could be tended for. He lifted him off and he took him inside. And he paid to have him taken care of. And he said, look, I'm coming back this way later. If if I owe you anything more to take care of this man, you let me know, I'll take care of the bill. Now Jesus used a little word. 
He said to the people he told that story to, which of them was neighbor? You know what Jesus is implying? You ready for this? Neighbors have compassion, not pity. They get drawn in. I can tell you this, that when the priest came by, his head was telling him, you should serve. His heart was telling him, I don't want him. Which one won? The heart. Because in the long run, the heart always wins. Whatever you put in your heart determines what you become. The, the Levite came by. His head was telling him, that man's dying. You should help him. His heart said, but you don't want to get all bloody. And besides, you've got to work in the temple today. And if you get blood on your hands, you've got to go through this whole cleansing ceremony and all this kind of stuff before you can work in a temple and all that stuff. Nah, nah, somebody else come along. I want to tell you about it. What does this mean? Well, I want to take this one level deeper because God has given to you and to me another amazing quality that no other creature on the face of the earth has. And it's the ability to experience transference, which is compassion one level deeper. And friends, when you can get all the way to the bottom of this, it provides an impetus and a power that's rare. But I will tell you this. It's what you see in Jesus, and I'll explain this to you in just a minute, how he got it. I first learned about transference when I was taking training to become a chaplain with our local police and fire departments here in town. And they said, you know, one of the things that you have to watch out for is you have to watch out for your heart because... You're going to get called to scenes and they're going to be seriously injured and maybe even uh, dead people laying around. And, and, and you've got to make sure that, um, that you don't get so emotionally drawn in that you get broken. I was thinking, ah, yeah, 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 okay. I'd rather care and be broken than, you know. So and all this stuff. And then they began to talk to us about this concept of transference. They said, for instance, you show up on a scene... And the paramedics are working feverishly over someone who has been seriously wounded. And then they're in the, pro they're in the process of either dying or living. And, and you walk up on that scene. If you don't have your heart prepared, you're, you're going to get a shock. Okay? Now, do you know why you get a shock? Because you too are a human being. And without even knowing it, you put yourself mentally and emotionally on that stretcher. And they're working on you. And you're drawn in. Now they said, that's only where transference begins. Let me paint a scenario for you. I walk up to a scene and here the paramedics are working on someone and already I'm drawn in because I know it's a person, right? But as I look at that person, the person on that stretcher is about six feet tall. And they're muscular in build. And their skin is fair. And it's a guy. And he has bright red hair. I'm in trouble. You know why I'm in trouble? I have a son who's about six feet tall. Who has fair skin. Who's muscular in build. And who has bright red hair. 
And all of a sudden, my heart looks at that and says, that could be my son. It's the way God wired us. I want to tell you this. Did you know God's heart works that same way? You know how I know it works that same way? Because this is the reason the Bible says that Jesus left heaven and came to earth. Because he wanted to know what it felt like to be a human being. So he took on our flesh and our blood and became a real living human being. And he suffered death so that he could have compassion. And not just compassion, but compassion to the level of transference. Because, friends, Jesus could have come and been a human being and lived in a palace and died as a king. Correct? And he would have still been human. But he chose to suffer pain and agony and misery. So the Bible says to us, when we come to Jesus in prayer, we don't have a Savior who can't be touched the way we are touched because in every way he was tempted and tested and experienced pain and sorrow and struggle just like you and me so he knows how we feel. So what does that mean for you and me? It not only means that we have a Savior who cares, it also means that as we follow Him, we cannot follow Him from a distance and keep everybody at arm's length. It means that we love to the point that we get drawn in because we really care. Here's the core concept. Passionate care always produces exceptional service. The service that Jesus gives us, would you call it exceptional? Above and beyond, right? Above and beyond. And that's what we're called to. By the way, we'll flip back one screen just so you can get the right answer. All right? And that is, the more we share in common, the more profoundly affected we are by the other person's condition, which is why Jesus became one of us. He wanted it all. Passionate care, love, always produces exceptional service. And the challenge this morning and the great goal this morning is that you and I would love just exactly like that. Now, I I have one more wonderful surprise. I've got two human props who are going to come up and help me bring this to a close. So would you welcome to the stage Rich and Shane. Look at these guys. Two pretty faces, don't you think? <laughs> exactly. Anybody want to know who does our hair? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have them up here because these two guys in many ways challenge me. They, they are heroes of mine. They are people I look up to. Shane has been with New Life almost from the very beginning, right? You have any tats anywhere? Rich has got mine. <laughs> hey, you got to look at Rich's shirt. You know what it says? It says, Jesus loves me. 
even with the tattoos. Is that awesome? I said to Rich, you got any tattoos? He said, I got a place or two where I don't have one. (laughs) So back to these two guys. Shane's been with the church since almost the very beginning. And many of you, unless you have children who are in the park, you wouldn't even know that Shane serves. He served numbers of capacities in the church. But one of the things that I love about Shane is every once in a while, when I get done speaking, I, I walk out of the auditorium, I go down into children's check-in, and if I get there at the right time, I hear the train whistle. And it's Mr. Shane and 10 or 12 little kids from the park, and they're all behind the engine, right? And Shane's blowing the whistle. Did you buy that whistle on your own? Train Town. Train Town, there you go. <laughs> so Shane bought the... You didn't have to bring that with you, did you? Yeah, I, I can go get it. You can get, How many of you want to hear Shane blow the train whistle? Yeah, okay. You got to go get the train whistle. This is great. We can all pretend we're like two and three. While Shane's gone, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you about Rich. Rich has been with New Life what? Maybe a year, year and a half. About a year and a half. And uh, if you, even though he's only been here about a year and a half, you've probably been given a program by Rich. And you have been greeted by his wonderful and infectious smile. What you don't see is that when you're not here, Rich is going through the building up into our offices. He's emptying all the trash. He's picking stuff up off of the carpet. He's going through the building and making sure that when you come here, you have a clean place where you're ready to worship and you're undistracted. Right? There you go. It is all Jesus. The reason these guys do this is because because they have exceptional love. When I'm standing out in the lobby, one of my favorite things to do, okay, here it is. (laughs) Is that awesome or what? What these guys do, they do because they genuinely love the people they serve. When I stand out in the lobby, I love to see those little two or three-year-olds. When they spot Shane across the lobby, they go running and they latch onto his knee, Mr. Shane. And they have such a great time because they know above all other things, when they walk into that classroom, they know. That Shane loves them. Thanks, guys. If you were here last Sunday, we said whatever, whoever, wherever. Right? Let's say that again. Whatever, whoever, wherever. That's where we love. That's where we serve. Let's bring it all down and apply it. First application point is this. I will intentionally feed my heart this week. You know what I didn't put in there? The right stuff. Got it? I will intentionally put my heart on unselfish things. Because, friends, if you don't intentionally guide your heart toward unselfishness, where does it naturally go? It goes right toward selfishness. I will intentionally feed my heart on the right stuff this week. 
Number two, I will participate in the ministry fair in Servolution Sunday in the Beans and Rice Week because what we're going to do next Sunday is a ministry fair. We're going to have tables set up all around the back and our challenge and our goal is that everyone who comes to New Life would serve somewhere regularly in this church. This is our church, correct? Yes, I know it belongs to God, but we are the church. And we should all be serving regularly somewhere, not because our head tells us, but because why? Our heart tells us. Okay? That's the ministry fair. And then, the, and then uh, August the 12th, we're going to do Servolution Sunday, where we're gathering here. At about 8.30 in the morning, we'll have a short worship and devotional and communion. And we're heading out into our community to take the love of Christ and to serve people we don't know but we love. Why? Because they're fellow human beings. They've been created to be the sons and daughters of God even if they don't know it. And because they have been, we're going to serve them in love. And then the Beans and Rice Week is coming up in August, later in August. And we're going to have a whole week where we eat beans and rice. Because that's what most people in the world, that's all they get. And we're going we're gonna to do a little compassion. You understand? We're not going to feel sorry for them. We're going we're gonna to get in it with them. And we're going to eat beans and rice for a week. And we're going to live as they live. And we're going we're to feel the, the hunger pangs that they feel. And we're going to bless God for them. And then we're going to bring the money that we save. And we're going to build a church building. We're going to fund a church building in one day. Are you up for that? Yes, indeed. Me too. Me too. It's going to be a great time. So I'm going to pray two other things. Some of you maybe have wandered away from Christ for a long time. And for whatever reason, somebody invited you back to church this morning. And you know God's saying to you right here. Here as well, but here. He's saying, you belong here. Not not, not here just at church, but you belong back with me, God. And I'm bringing you to this church so you can get connected with me. And it's time for you to recommit your life. Well, there's an opportunity for you to do that, not only at the bottom of your notes, but if you go back to that Connect card that we had at the beginning, and look on the back side, there's a place for you to check that option. If you check that option, uh, please know I'm going to pray for you this week, and you, you'll get uh, some communication from us because we want to help you get connected with God. And then last of all, If you've never made the decision to follow Christ, you're missing out on the greatest lifestyle you could ever know. And I want to pray that you won't miss it one more day. I want to pray that you'll get it today. Would you join me in prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you that you didn't stay in heaven and feel sorry for us. But you came to earth and you had compassion with us. And you jumped in our skin and you lived as we lived. And, and, and you didn't just take the easy way out and live in a palace and die as a king, but you jumped in the skin of an ordinary person born in a barn who, who had very few clothes and, and, and who didn't even have a home that he could call his own. You jumped in our skin and, and then you suffered as no one in this room has ever suffered. So that when we pray to you, we know you know what we're talking about. Lord, for those of us today who need to recommit our lives to you, would you help our hearts and our heads to move our hands so that we would check that box and that we would be compelled to return to you because of your great love for us. And Lord, for those of us who need to become Christians, you're speaking to us right now. We know it in our hearts. 
Lord, once again, would you help our heads and our hearts to move our hands that we might check that option so that we could begin to walk with you and take hold of the life that you have for us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.